The word of the Lord from Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear hearers in Christ, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The women make their way on the first day of the week at early dawn. They have rested on the Sabbath, but only because they had no choice. Now they make their way to the garden where the body of Jesus lies in a tomb. Make no mistake, they seek the dead. They expect to find the body of Jesus. They go with the spices they prepared to do the right thing, to do something to make this loss a little less unbearable. It is no little loss either. Not only had they seen the awful death of one they held dear, but they thought he wouldn't die. He'd healed so many, he'd done so many wonders, but in the end, the one who had saved so many evidently could not save himself. The Lord of life succumbed to death, and now he is in a grave. If he was indeed the Lord of life, how can he now lie in death? How terrible, how hopelessly terrible that even Jesus dies, they must think. If he must die, then who will not? It is not just Christ who has died, but all hope has died with him. When they arrive at the tomb, the stone is rolled away. And when they enter the tomb, the body is gone. Instead, two angels stand beside them and they ask the question, Why do you seek the living among the dead? The answer, of course, is that you don't. You don't seek the living among the dead. On this most terrible of mornings, it might seem at first as if the Lord has sent smart Alex as his messengers, because everything you've ever seen tells you that death is the end, that everything goes from good to corruption. For just one small example, take an apple. 
It might be in great shape when you pick it off a tree, but you know that its days are numbered. You can keep it refrigerated to slow the process, but sooner or later, you'll see a little dent in the flesh or a little split in the skin. And you know that it's only a matter of time until that apple is no longer good to eat. It's spoiling. It's corrupting. It's rotting. You know very well that corruption is a one-way trip. Once an apple is rotten, you can't unrot it. The idea is so ridiculous that unrot isn't even a word. Fruit spoils, flowers wither, and that's bad enough. But far worse is the fact that the same thing is happening to you. You, my friends, are bad apples. You're slowly falling apart, slowly returning to dust. You can do things with exercise and nutrition to slow the process, or fillers and facelifts to hide it, but it's inevitable. You were born with a corruption called original sin, and corruption is a one-way trip. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you will return. You might have a decent heart rate at the moment, but on your own, you are among the living dead. All of this is why the women hear the angels ask a nonsense question. The women saw Jesus brutalized and crucified. They saw him die. They followed as his body was placed in a tomb. And they know that the dead stay dead. You can't unrot an apple. And you certainly cannot uncorrupt one perished and bring them back to life. Why do you seek the living among the dead, asked the angels. This can't be about Jesus unless he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And that is precisely what the angels go on to say. He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. The Lord Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Furthermore, the women should not be surprised because he is risen from the dead just as he told them he would rise before he died. It's not that he couldn't save himself, it's that he chose not to. This has always been part of the plan. It has been God's plan that God's Son become flesh and die in the place of sinners. The wages of sin is death, and so it is entirely expected that you and I would die for our sin and perish eternally. But now, the sinless Son of God has died. Because he is sinless man... He could take the place of a guilty man and suffer his death. Because he is the Son of God, he can take the place of all. He hasn't died for himself because he didn't have to die for himself. So instead, he's died for you. His death has robbed sin of its power because the power of sin was that it made you unholy and far from God. But if Jesus has borne your sins away and destroyed them on the cross... There's nothing left to make you unholy. The power of sin is defeated. The power of sin is defeated, and the power of death is defeated. Jesus is not just risen from the dead to show that it can be done. He has not slipped out the side exit while the grave wasn't looking. He has broken the grave. 
He has broken it so badly that it will not, cannot recover. Recall today's epistle that Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. There are many more to follow because death cannot hold on to his people anymore. Christ has died and Christ is risen and he will raise his people from the dead. This is your comfort when you are given to mourn the death of one you love because the loss and the void will seem overwhelming and death will boast that it has won again and that it always will. But it hasn't and it won't. The news of Jesus' resurrection is that death is defeated. His proclamation rings forth until the end of time, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. For the people of God, death is a conquered enemy under the foot of your Savior. Christ declares it to be the last enemy to be destroyed. For now it remains, but it may only do the Lord's bidding. He uses death to deliver his people from the afflictions of this life to glory. And while you will mourn their absence from us, I pray that you will not begrudge them their deliverance in life. For them, death is just asleep. And already in Christ they live. In the midst of grief, remember, this is just how he has told you. Until he comes again in glory, all who believe in him will still suffer the death of the body, but on the last day, he will raise his people from the dead without rot or corruption. He'll raise them new creations who are perfect in every way forever. Remember, always remember, as you mourn the death of those who have died in the faith, your dead are among the living because the living Savior was among the dead. He was, but now he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Whether or not you mourn this day, take heart in this. In Christ, you are among the living too. I don't just mean heart rate and blood pressure, but you already have eternal life. The Lord declares in Romans chapter 6, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Scripture speaks of two deaths. The first is the death of the body and departure from this world, and the second is the eternal death of body and soul, departure from God's mercies forever. Now, the first is what we normally think about, and that's enough to terrify and dominate your days of life if you're not careful. But that... That is only the little death. This is why your baptism is such a comfort, because by water and the word, you are already delivered from the second, greater death. Christ suffered that one for you on the cross, forsaken by his Father for your sin. 
He has shared that death with you in baptism. You have been crucified with Christ. He has shared his resurrection with you too, so that you have already a new life. You already have eternal life. In that respect, you live your life here with your body playing catch up to your soul. You are now the living among the dead, so stay that way. Do not seek life in that which brings death. Turn from your sin and do not fall prey to temptation. You live in a world that is hell-bent to argue that God's laws and design are all his plan to keep you from really living. But, in fact, his word is given to give and protect life. Do not exchange his gift of life for death disguised as living. Do not submit to that which would bring death again to your soul. Instead, live in penitence, rejoicing that Christ delivers you from sin to everlasting life. Live at peace, for although this life will have its share of troubles and disappointments, it is only the prelude to an eternal life where all of that is forgotten in the joys that you will see. Live in hope, because you have the confidence that even if everything you see declares that death wins, you know better, for the Lord has said so. And finally, live by faith. When our gospel reading ends, the women have heard that Jesus is risen, but they haven't seen him yet. And that is the same situation in which you find yourself this day. The disciples don't believe the news at first, but it is still true. And even if no one else were to share your confidence in Christ, nothing can change the fact that the tomb is empty, that death is defeated, you are forgiven, and Christ is coming back in glory. So live in penitence, in peace, in hope, and in faith. Live. Why? Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.